0: Hello and welcome to World Dimension GR0G P08, the Grogpod Roguelike Podcast, where each episode of this multiverse of options, we take aim at, uh, I guess in this multiverse, we're we're looking at roguelike games. Uh, I wonder what the Grogpod Roguelike Podcast for a different multiverse uh, would be looking at, Uh, but we look at games from the whole end of the spectrum from your your big rogues to something like this episode, which is a teeny tiny but very influential uh game and we try to we try to rank them uh as best we can as we were just describing uh before hitting that record button uh yeah we, we, we got we got numbers we got thoughts. Uh, I am your host of the Grog Pod, Scott Burger and uh wait hang on uh let's tr- let's try to get that whistle to catch up on the microphone. Whistles! I love armor. Wait, are you whistling? I did. Did the microphone not catch it? I'm I'm trying to, but I don't know if the if it's squelching out. You
1: need uh you need to turn on original sound for musicians.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm,
1: uh, This is the this is the problem I ran into in doing uh, any sort of weird sound in D D. It's like ah, uh, they must not want a whistle or a dog barking. Like oh, but I wanted the dog to bark.
0: Uh-huh. Well, bark <laughs> yeah, the, bark the whistle, is too uh Yes, uh, luckily. My charisma level is just barely high enough for me to be joined by my fellow party members. Yes, uh, it's me, Andrew Harshman. I'm the
2: dancing merchant, classic JRPG staple, the dancing merchant, Andrew Harshman. And with us... Uh, Colin, I am a pirate. Give us a, a- yar. Yar. Or some of and unfortunately, our,
1: our normal co-host, uh, Will, has been brutally savagely murdered by a polar bear
0: um so we'll be joining us tonight he he got caught by the darkness uh, oh (laughs) oh that's true he did being actuarial uh on site uh i don't know what like can you call it an event like it just sounds like the most boring thing on earth Uh, quarterly reviews (laughs) <laughs> With a yeah. mandatory fun dinner afterwards. Was it like a, a like a monthly like a monthly business review or? or I, I know, think they picture. fly people in it from everywhere quarterly and yeah. like
1: read slides to each other.
0: Yeah, it uh, it sounds like the the way that Will was describing it. I was just picturing in my mind that uh, those scenes from uh, Parks and Rec were were uh, yeah. Ben Wyatt has to go to like the really boring place to work and then quit all the time. It's it's like that. Yeah. Well, this week we're looking at a very straightforward, air quotes, and linear, straight air quotes, uh game, one-way heroics. This is a game that was released on anybody? Anybody? You guessed it. Steam P- Play Sim, November what? November ninth, 2013. And those facial expressions I think are probably justified. It was released on Steam the following year in 2014 and Nintendo Switch in 2020. Uh place in, let's let's talk a little bit about place in. This is not only I think it's a it's a game publisher, but it's also from what I can I can parse of its madness, like a web um web version of Steam for largely uh Japanese games. Mm. Ah, they're, they have published some games of note that I was, I kept thinking to myself, okay, it's like, I, I know I've heard Place in before somewhere. Uh, you might remember them from the games Bright Memory and Bright Memory Infinite. might remember them from the uh, VA-11-H-A-L-L-A, Valhalla Cyberpunk Bartender action game. Uh, <laughs> for sure, stay tuned games uh, we mentioned, I think last time, World of Horror. And I don't know how to pronounce this one, but G-N-O-S-I-A, Gnosia? Gnosia? Probably Gnosia. Probably Gnosis. Gnosis. Um, But I remember them most fondly for uh, their string of weird uh, seafood-based fighting games, uh, including Ace of Seafood, Fight Crab, and... Uh, coming coming soon, Fight Crab 2. Oh, okay. Ah. <laughs> I've heard nice. <laughs> of Fight Crab. A.C.O. Aquarium King of Crustaceans.
2: <laughs> good name, good name.
0: And wow, it's the, a whole genre, a whole yeah. subgenre of fighting games. That's outstanding. Uh kind of a missed opportunity for them not to to pick up and publish uh a game that's kind of taking like the roguelike scene this year by storm, crab champions.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh but yeah, another stay tuned uh, for sure and a half. Uh, this game, I'm gonna round this game up to being a solo Dev effort by uh, the developer named Smoking Wolf. Uh, as you can imagine, a uh, <laughs> Japanese based uh, solo Dev who had developed um, I think it's called the Wolf RPG editor. Which is it's like a a platform that you can use to build like your own um like JRPGs on top of. So, oh, okay, sure. So like kind of like RPG all that... maker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh and yeah, I think you, <laughs> you can kind of tell. Um in a good way. But yeah, so uh one way heroics rolls in on our data set, at least with Steam, it's hard to pull info from other other vendors, but on our Steam data set, it's the 177th most popular roguelike game, 3,930 total reviews. Um, Andrew, your character's ghost has just encountered a new player on this World Gen seed. What's the one sentence description they're going to share of this game?
2: Well, this game is a JRPG that has been really sped up, the, the time scale has been cranked up in such a way that you are always moving right you are are moving forward you're in fact being chased by the, the the screen which will which will kill you and you are very rapidly having an entire sort of a snes era jrpg experience in the span of about oh 30 minutes or so on average and complete with uh, a lot of the uh, tropes uh, both positive and negative <laughs> and uh, the adventure and, and fun and uh, sort of, you know, action that one would expect from, from such an experience, culminating with a battle with the Demon Lord, which is the sort Demon. of the stand in for, you know, generic, uh, big, bad, evil guy <laughs> um, who has at least the way that I interpret the very basic pixel artwork a gloriously like popped collar like this just okay. immense collar of evil around that is you know attached to the top of his flowing evil cloak um but uh yeah that's that's i think the the whole of it uh, did
0: i miss anything no yeah i think you you kind of covered it uh except well maybe spoiler alert but the demon lord uh i believe is uh is supposed to be gender neutral up until you progress their storyline a certain level aha and, and then it's revealed well i don't know if we want to get into spoilers just that evil person excuse yes me. indeed uh indeed but uh but yeah maybe maybe we can kick off uh the fact that you know this is this is our first jrpg styled roguelike game and up until this point we've been kind of uh Aligned more with Western style RPGs from the D universe. Right. I feel like this is this is kind of our first foray into the non-D uh RPG land, but still kind of Im- embedding a lot of those sort of traditional roguelike uh mechanics and and tropes and themes and stuff. So I guess maybe yeah, we finally go we're we're digging our way out, we're clawing up through the giant <laughs> heaping
2: pile of Ameritrash
0: role-playing yeah, game garbage. Finally, we can
2: get to some 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 games of quality. Uh, sorry, as you were saying, we should go around and do and do <laughs> yeah, what? Scott? Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, around the horn, what are what are maybe our top uh, JRPGs that we have played, if any? Silence. Take it
2: away, um, Colin. Because oh boy, I just uh, I'm buffering here with the, the wealth. <laughs> Of <laughs> JRP- I mean theology. Final
1: Fantasy X is my like true JRPG that I played all the way through and put many hours into. Uh but my my true heart is um over battle sixty-four. <laughs> oh. uh, truly loved that game. I I don't know, I think it's a JRPG. Hmm. I, I'm pretty sure like you could oh, call yeah. it that. It's definitely from Japan, mm-hmm. and it's got like a weird it, it's got if this is a JRPG, then that is a JRPG. It's got sure. all of the tropes. It's got the weird, the weird stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, little little uh chippy, slightly larger heads than they should, uh figure
0: guys running around doing stuff. A great game. Great game. Very fun. Andrew, it uh, seemed like you were you you had a, a list ready to go. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh so
2: I am, yeah, like kind of a poser in this regard. Like I have respect for. JRPGs, <laughs> but they've never really been, just for my personal taste, really my cup of tea. And of course, you mm-hmm. know, any kind of reviewing and whatnot, it's all very subjective games game quality very subjective etc cetera, etc cetera. you know stuff that we're saying here stuff i'm saying is just my opinion um <laughs> so to that end like uh to try to steal some valor i do own a copy of final fantasy one which is signed by mr sakaguchi Whoa. himself Whoa. uh that was a line well worth waiting in at pax west <laughs> uh let me tell you um uh so that's uh so i got that uh have i ever played that game uh i've watched it be played Watched a friend of mine play it, uh, looked pretty neat. Um, in turn, my, my, I guess, first and most in depth, I guess, JRPG experience was probably with like one of the original Pokemon games, like Pokemon Red.
0: Hmm. Um, Interesting,
2: that was a, a formative experience as it was, I think, for many people, um, because uh it's uh well actually you know maybe i need to i'm gonna have to need to immediately amend this but i guess it's a jrpg (laughs) experience that sticks out in my head a lot because wow you know it's a game boy game it was the most involved and like well-formed and like the game a handheld game with such depth that i was really blown away at the time but i guess previous to that i did inherit not inherit because they died but because um, (laughs) my cousins got sick of their nes (laughs) i got their nes and this huge collection of games which included Maybe Dragon Quest. I want to say mm-hmm. one of the Dragon Quest oh. games. And Dragon Quest
1: Monsters was a great game too.
2: That um. was a weird experience because like I would not bother making a new save. I just would load up their saves and just kind of <laughs> run around, like not really know what I was doing, just kind of running around and 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 not uh making much progress but having some fun um and then i did play oh pff, this is gonna be maybe a little too embarrassing so when i was a young lad final fantasy 7 of course you know was a big deal and uh i did not have a playstation but i rented a playstation from the friendly local um you know uh, the, uh, rental place rental joint um uh, mm-hmm. and um i got this PlayStation got a copy of final fantasy seven. And I, at, up until this point, you know, I'd only seen the commercials, which are, if I remember correctly, mostly like a cinematic,
0: right. Yeah. It's a lot of, it's
2: a very, you know, and I had no idea that it was turn-based. And so I hooked it up and like the TV I had it on was like such crammy quality that I could barely even make out the letters. So I literally was just spamming buttons. <laughs> just to like see what would happen. I'm like, oh, cool. And then I finally realized, oh, no, wait, there's words there. Oh, no, wait, it's turned. Term- oh, my Lord. There's actually I have to actually have to make decisions here. Um, So, yeah, I uh have not played a lot of these games, but I <laughs> watch them be played. And I'm, I don't know, at least uh, aware of them because of, uh, you know, what a huge impact they've had on uh, gaming in general.
0: It's interesting that you mentioned Pokemon. I never would have thought like Pokemon to be a JRPG, but I think you're right in that it does kind of fall into that category because your standard jrpgs are kind of like like the biggies that i'll get into in a second but yeah i mean i almost i think i almost failed like fifth and sixth grade because of pokemon red specifically (laughs) uh but i didn't i don't think i really got into jrpgs uh and even then i'm not i don't know that i'm really into them i'm just like like a casual player of the quote-unquote best ones uh but i don't think i played chrono trigger until maybe like 2014 or so Cause I kept, I was, I kept thinking like, oh man, I keep hearing such good things about this. I'm so far away from my gaming computer. I'll boot it up on this laptop in an emulator, and then like, like 28 hours later, I just, I blink and I'm like, oh my god, I haven't eaten for days. Um, and then also, oh, what was the other one? Is is I can't, can I remember if it's Final Fantasy four or Final Fantasy six, the one with like, they're they're all sprites. It hasn't moved. Well, was it on the PlayStation one? Anyway, uh. Two worlds, you know, you kind of start off with like mechs and stuff. Uh, that one was super great. It sounds like four. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel I like
1: we've gotten real derailed onto <laughs> the uh, JRPG. <laughs>
2: yeah. I SSD mean, the like, four famously derailed uh, the one where you can uh, fight a train. Yeah. And, and super like So,
1: it. yeah, I think it's, I feel it's... like this game is like, I don't know, it, like it is a JRPG, but also I feel like in some ways it's not. It's too okay. short. Like you don't get it's not like a sprawling epic of twenty-eight hours of intricately crafted story and power-ups and blah blah blah. And extreme like brain too,
0: yeah.
1: It's like um it's like the difference between a castle and like a castle in a snow globe. Like both cool <laughs> and but one is like a delightful cute miniature version of it. Right. It's not a it's not actually a castle though. Um it it's it's different enough that it's become it's a different thing mm-hmm. that must be judged on its own merits.
0: Yeah, so I guess one way heroics looks like a JRPG, it has that kind of aesthetic feel of a JRPG to it, with like the even down to like the menu gradients of it feel very at home in like a Super Nintendo uh, Final Fantasy game. Um, but yeah, the way this game plays is almost totally antithetical to, Mm -hmm. to that kind of stuff. It's like, uh, it's like if you were running around, well, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll kind of start getting into it. So, um, you start this game by, uh, being, I think maybe baffled by menu systems where it took me like a surprisingly large amount of time to figure out, all right, like, it's it's you you boot up the game, you hit that start adventure button and you're presented with maybe one two three five, like six, six to eight options or something to create a new random world. You can input a, a seed of a world that you want to create. You can join a multiplayer world. You can join uh, someone's quest. You can do challenge modifiers, all these different things. Uh, and it kind of feels a little overwhelming at first. There's a lot of text on the screen. Uh, There's numbers counting down. You're like, oh my god, which one do I pick? Eventually, you'll pick one. (laughs) And your story will begin with uh, your character in a castle. A a real castle? A snow globe castle? Who knows? Uh, Being greeted by King Victor with uh, a kind of a a dark gradient off to one side of the screen. And King Victor says, uh, as you're already aware, the world is being consumed by an unknown darkness. Uh, it's already made its way to the gates of my castle. Uh, please find a way to defeat the demon lord and bring peace to this world. And boom, you're off. Have fun. And your, your, <laughs> your first goal is to escape the castle before the darkness consumes you and kills everyone else in it, uh, as well. Um, but yeah, this, this game starts out very, very interestingly. It just kind of kicks you out the door, says, get out there, have fun, start killing stuff. And you would be right in thinking that this game looks like you're running around a JRPG overworld to start with. Yeah. You, you see the little, the little chibi monsters like running around the overworld too. You move in grid spaces and they move in grid spaces. Um, But the combat here, totally anti-JRPG because you just hit the one button for attack monster, or I guess you can use special abilities, but you hit monster, monster dies, you get experience. The whole that whole fight loop takes what maybe three seconds? Pretty fast. So pretty fast, yeah. And the
1: There are no decisions really within the combat until you start adding in like items and stuff. Right. Like it's not you're not picking well, I guess that's not true. You're 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 there. You get the special moves, so never mind. That's that's a wrong statement. Well, I Army. think what,
0: I think what you were maybe the direction that you were going was like you don't have to like navigate to a party member, select what fight that you want to use on them, and then select what enemy that you want to use the yeah, attack onto, yeah. and like that whole gameplay sequence. I don't know, can probably take like up to five minutes or something, and then like the grinding that you have to do with your standard JRPG in order to like all right we're, we we got to gear up to go and fight the to go and fight Kefka at the end of the game but oh we're like 20 levels under we better go and roam the the world map and and you know uh fight
1: 10,000 slimes
0: yeah exactly <laughs>
1: uh
0: yeah this game i think streamlines uh quite a bit of that almost to
1: its detriment in some in some cases like hmm. you you don't get to grind you do not get to like <laughs> dally around like the the appending wall of darkness behind you is a ever present threat that is like the main decision points of this game I think are like, oh, I saw this thing down at the bottom of the of the map and I'm near the top. Like can I get there mm-hmm. in time? And the answer is often no. Right. And it's like, well, I I don't know what that is, I won't
0: see it. Because so, every step that you take Every action that you make, that wall of death gets just a little bit closer. And you might think to yourself, "Ah, that's fine. It's a big open world." You come into some of these buildings and dungeons, and there's there's some thinking that has to happen. If you're like, "Well, the save attendant is on the other side of the of the building, but I've come to it from like the top down and like half of the building is engulfed in in death." Huh. This is where like Using your sword or axe to like cut down walls of the building, uh, oh, yeah. to talk to someone through a gap and while like, hey, hey, can I save my game real quick? As they're like getting <laughs> getting enveloped by a, a cosmic miasma, that, uh, that
2: was those are some of the the most enjoyable uh, NPC <laughs> interactions for me. Yeah, it's like, oh, nice in you got here. Uh, too bad the door is on the opposite side of where I am, so I'm gonna get out my magic plus two rusty picks, pickaxe, and make my own doorway pop in here talk to everyone realize they don't have anything i want <laughs> and mm-hmm. then just leave without buying anything through a new a second uh door you know doorway that i've just made but yeah uh, i think i don't that's an interesting i i think that the the wall of death uh which in the metal community is a different thing but <laughs> the wall of death in this game is uh i think a pretty good gimmick a pretty ga- good gameplay feature in my mm-hmm. estimation it's uh it's it's engaging I would say
0: yeah and it makes for yeah I guess we kind of we kind of talked about like the maze navigation stuff a little bit but like the the w- w- random world generation stuff is like constantly coming at you almost like a Tetris wall on the mini-map Where like oh you have like mountain chains and like there's bad things that happen and enemies have spawned and you're like oh i kind of want to avoid those but that's going to send me down to like a mountain zone down below and all of this kind of decision making of like all right how much time do i really have before getting enveloped by the darkness we every, everyone here has been engulfed by the darkness right yeah
2: okay. indeed and and sometimes
0: <laughs> by accident uh-huh
2: <laughs> um yeah uh indeed that that is a, i got enveloped another... by the
1: darkness in the first castle because I was in like, the starting castle. Yeah, in the starting castle, because I was like, I want to talk to this person. And then I was like, wait a second, I can't get out of this room. Right. <laughs> oh, well, I guess let's find out what happens when the darkness gets you. <laughs> but again, really
0: an, another kind of interesting gameplay decision mechanic is that so one way heroics has a um a DLC, which is effectively like a super expansion. And in that expansion, which is the version that we were playing. The Nintendo switch one has it all bundled together. So you don't have to worry, but uh, there's like building out a castle is part of it. And you can add like wings to the castle and all that good stuff and put like NPC residents that will give you good starting equipment or send you, or uh, allow you to embark on quests and things like that. But in order to do so, you have to build up this kind of meta currency and it, it, <laughs> it took me a second to realize this, but it it's more expensive the more on the right side of the castle the it is because that's further away sure. from the darkness it gives you more time to go and and do stuff. So like right now I only have two wings of the castle unlocked, the cheapest ones that are on the left side closest to the darkness. So I I have to make a decision whether if I want to go and get this um like stamina upgrade plant or embark on the quest to free the force Knight souls or something like i can't i can't do both because they're both on one side of the castle but yeah, you upgrade you it to both kinda... of them before the wall of darkness gets you yeah exactly um which is like that kind of decision making is peppered throughout here which is uh i've i've heard often heard one way heroics be described as quote neat i think that falls into the quote neat category pretty easily yeah. Um I'm going to
1: start off leveling my strongest criticism against it, um, okay. which is that they do a very very bad job of explaining what the progression the meta progression of the game is supposed to be. Sure. I was fully prepared to come in and thrash this game, give it a terrible score because I did not realize that the alternate game modes in quotes were the real game modes
0: mm-hmm.
1: i i just was playing on basically easy mode that has no that that doesn't have any of the actual like meta progression in it and i just thought that was the game mm-hmm. and all of the other ones were like oh you know this fun different victory mode or do this other thing and like i got like three or four hours into this game before uh, like the only reason I knew is because you you and Andrew were posting, <laughs> like, conversations with people. I'm like, I've never encountered people in, like, my, my game, really. I've been just playing on the, the one boring world that has no difficulty ah. and, like, randomly dying or winning. I mm-hmm. Like, I don't get how this game is fun. And then,
2: like, oh, once you go to the next level, it's like, things happen now. Yeah. Sure, suddenly there's more dungeons and uh, villages and taverns yeah, and whatnot. There's more of everything. The map is more, more, more challenging. Uh, like, yep, yeah, I, I had a very similar experience. The and, walk in the um, park
1: difficulty is literally a walk in the park. Like, mountains don't block your path that much. It's it, easy should just, be, it should be called tutorial mode. Yeah. And I guess here, now, here. looking back, at oh, walk in the park, it maybe should have been a hint, but like... <laughs> The way that they describe it is, uh, like, I literally thought that the the second level of difficulty, like, the normal standard mode was is like, oh, it's just the same game, but the demon lord appears randomly,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, and, like, that's when you fight him.
2: Yeah, part of the description, I think, is, um, like, for those who want a special challenge or something, it's like, and it yeah. should say, like, for those of you who, who want to actually Play one way heroics like select this. I don't know. I, I don't know if you have much of a chance for like beating it first time out. Like you should probably start with the. You know, I beat it the first standard time. one. You did okay oh, I'm walking right on walking. Well played. Yeah. I don't or, know. Maybe I lost. Lord I lost like really
1: soon, defeated. and I beat it on the second try. Yeah, but like it was. It's not that hard. And then I then I couldn't beat it on the other character, and I couldn't beat it with like the hunter or whatever. But, but yeah, I was like, I don't get this game. It's like the walk-in-the-park difficulty is like halfway between too easy and then randomly like you don't get as much stuff. Mm-hmm. So like you can't make as many decisions. And so like when you get screwed over, you just lose. There's no there's no like way of mitigating things because you haven't gotten items. And maybe also you're just not as far into the meta progression because you don't get stuff. You don't get mm-hmm. like people showing up in your world or whatever.
0: Yeah, it's like it's like they should have compressed that into maybe like I don't know half as long, give you more stuff and like I and not make the afternoon stroll difficulty contingent on beating walk in the park, which I think I think that's how it works. Uh where you have to beat walk in the park in order to unlock afternoon stroll. You beat afternoon stroll to unlock the grueling campaign uh and then i think once you've done that you can like you can beat the game three more times any which way you want with any of the crazy uh options that you have including beating it on tutorial mode if you're really desperate um which allows you to unlock like a certain npc you talk to that npc and that allows you to fight to like go to a special dimension to go and fight the true final boss of the game but like very like you were saying like very little of this is conveyed to you of like hey by the way you're in like yeah spoilers gameplay. i didn't know that there was another different boss <laughs> yeah and like that's another thing is like the uh one of my biggest criticisms is like the game doesn't like y- you beat like one boss in the game's like hooray you did it you saved the universe
2: right yeah even in the text it like says like you and your you know fairy puck whatever you know their name is companion like wander the world with no particular like plan or something like it just says like you're just going around to, yeah who knows what you're gonna do and it's like well maybe you will go play the actual game
0: um mm-hmm.
2: yeah uh indeed very very I mean, iris
0: I'll... is her name
2: actually thank you thank you mm-hmm. uh who um has some legitimately useful information appreciate that um yeah, uh but I mean, you know, this it, it is it is unfortunate that um yeah, the progression is not conveyed in a more straightforward fashion. Um but, you know, once once you figure that out, it does uh yeah, definitely improve the gameplay experience uh quite a bit. Yeah, I think And that perhaps also- uh we should at some point, you know, speak on on that. Yeah, um, I mean- I wonder
0: if the Switch version is any different? I don't that's a great question. I was like, this game is really surprisingly good on the Steam Deck, with one caveat that it's missing like a a super crucial component, and that is the music. So I would what? hope, I would oh, fingers no. crossed, hope that the players like on the uh, on the Switch are able to play it on the go. Maybe I like, can suspend and resume at will, so you don't have to worry so much about the save crystals. But uh, you also have the really rockin' midi jams that accompany this game. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, like, difficulty-wise, difficulty, difficulty wise, walk in the park uh, is very limited. You can't recruit friendly NPCs. It feels kind of like the world is, is kind of, like, too big and not that filled with stuff. And then you do the afternoon stroll difficulty. You're like, oh my god, like, there's so much more stuff here. There's, like, there's golems that will chase you and beat you to death. Uh, there's, like, shrines that give you bonuses. There's uh, a lot like a lot more different dungeons that you encounter uh all these kind of things that that you would expect i think from a, a traditional roguelike experience uh that it's just it feels more fleshed out um and oh the the biggest i i guess takeaway is that the the t- we keep calling it the tutorial difficulty but the demon lord comes in at like 400 kilometers of of walking distance which is actually not that long. I don't know what, like 25, 30 minutes at most. Um, but the the quote unquote true standard difficulty, uh, the demon Lord will teleport in at various intervals. And you have this, this kind of clock system that's also ambiguously explained in the upper right corner of your screen, where every step you take, the clock hands will like move around. And if they get onto the red line, that's when the demon Lord appears. And uh, the demon Lord flies in and is like oh there's this the hero they keep talking about oh <laughs> uh surrounded by magic barriers and you know the first time you encounter them you you it's like encountering agent smith in the matrix just run <laughs> uh until you're more leveled up and then when you can neo punch them uh to death then you're then you're all good but but like that that kind of tension with the afternoon stroll difficulty really kind of turns it on its head and makes it a much more interesting experience especially if you're combining that with doing one of the uh, npc quests that you can pick up along the way because then you're juggling the two you're like oh i gotta make sure i'm like good enough to beat the demon lord but also able to like satisfy this quest requirement as i go along Yeah, definitely. That
2: is pretty, uh, I don't know, good, good pacing. It's very, again, very engaging and, like, uh, fun to have to um, sort of deal with periodic visits from the demon lord. Uh, which, I don't know if y'all uh, experimented at all with this tactic of um, just kind of, like... <laughs> like like you and a sibling when you're you know kids doing that like tag move where you're just like running around like one big object (laughs) like you can kind of psych out the demon lord by just sort of keeping a building in between and then finally like after like an hour or something of the demon lord not quite being able to catch you um get around the building and finally he's just like oh curse you we'll meet again bye (laughs) i'm going home yeah (laughs) exactly yeah Where, where is the demon lord in between those those fights
0: um, perhaps that's revealed in a, a later play mode. They're probably in the dimensional passageway, one oh. of the many biomes that right, you right, encounter right. in this game. Uh, probably a uh, so grog pod tip number one uh, play a random seed. Because if you're like me and you got bamboozled by the start menu and you happen to just like accidentally pick the same like previous game seed that pops up at the top, uh, you'll be like, wait a minute. Are there only like three biomes in this game or something yeah. uh you you Good have tip. like yeah <laughs> uh trial and error mode for sure you have um the wilds you have the prairie you have ruins snow fields deserts volcanoes mountains the corrupted lands and finally the dimensional passageway each of which having different monster themes for each one of them like uh like rock monsters that will throw things at you or uh or bats or in one case i was uh starting a a bard run on some seed and a bunch of tigers descended from the mountains yeah. and like the super tiger just like ate me in two seconds i'm like okay yeah going, going back to that seed ever again those tigers uh, have they've gone bad they got a taste for bard blood and now <laughs> they they
2: cannot be contained anymore um yeah that is that is fun yeah what the way i was playing it was like all right once i successfully beat the the demon lord on a seed i will then move on to generating a new one Mm -hmm. and that was just like i don't know my own regulation of wanting to feel some sense of extra accomplishment um yeah there's a nice nice variety in the different uh you know tiles and monsters and stuff and then there's like also like little modifiers that apply to equipment and npcs and monsters. So like you know, uh, the, those tigers that you're referring to, you know, I, I can't think of an actual <laughs> solid example, but like you know, there you could encounter a veteran tiger or uh, a, think, a a grizzly tiger or some, uh, what have
0: you. I think one of um, them was like a like a fear tiger, and they have like this oh, yeah. kind of like cloud around them, and like yeah. as they as they get closer, you're like, oh no, my character is feared, and it has like some some minor debuff associated with it. But again, like the combat is so fast here that like. It's it's almost negligible where you're like, Okay, yeah, stab, 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 all right, they're dead. Move on to the next one, stab, stab, stab.
1: Yeah, um, and if you don't if it's if it's not stab, stab stab, then you're probably uh in for bad time because it's like, oh no, if you can't beat it in three or four hits, then you probably are should be running away. Yeah. Or, or doing something else, using a special move or something like right, that.
2: Right, using one of your abilities to either deal more damage <laughs> or uh, <laughs> figure out some way to delay that enemy and get away from it. So, I mean, there's, you know, a, a fair amount of engaging decision-making going on, but not as much as, you know, maybe a, a full-fledged
0: <laughs> ARPG experience. Yeah, I mean, I was just playing on the Grog Pod World Seed just before this, mm. and oh, I was getting real excited because I'm like, all right, I've got a, I've got a good like flow going here. I've got my hero class all kitted out. I've got the Charisma points ready to go, ready to spend to recruit some NPCs should I need to. I've unlocked the ability that uh, allows me to convert. Uh, I think at most two non non uh boss npcs or or like monsters to fight by my side i come We're around bad. a corner and there's this like hulking level 500 golem that's like yes run away but i'm like uh-huh i i stick my neo hand into the golem's chest and i convert it to my side
2: Woo-hoo. and i'm like
0: uh, yes perfect i i'm starting to build up the crew here come across a few different screens and then like i don't know some i wasn't like this is mostly my fault but i come around the corner and some like high level mob comes into view and just like lobs like three or four firebombs at me and kills me instantly and i was like "Hmm, maybe i should try that seat again (laughs) yeah indeed sometimes just
1: get firebombed it's just the way it is
0: Mm -hmm. that is rough but I will praise uh, the fact that there is a save system in here. You don't see this typically for a lot of rogue style games that often. Right. But the way that the the save system here works is that, um, you know, generally in rogue style games, you're incentivized to to not really save your progress and come back later. Uh, you're supposed to, like, fail and then learn from your experience and, and come back better. But in this case, you know, the runs are also so short that it doesn't really matter. But, um, every on some specific cadence, the, the time fairy will come in and say, would you like to save your game? And you go, yes, absolutely. And you spend a few of your characters levels, uh, to do so, which is an interesting trade off. Um, but you can also come across these save gems and you use those to save your game and you can buy those from vendors, uh. And I was, I was Amanda sits next to me on the couch like, what what you should you should show me how to play a game on your Steam deck thing. I'm like, okay, mm. let me finish this thing up and I'm like, oh shit, I I can't save. I' don't, there's like there's no save point nearby. So I intentionally just like ran around and killed myself and I'm like, oh, that's right. I like the game is still saved to that previous point a little bit ago, so I can just continue from there. kind of a non-issue for most games, but for here it felt not too bad because I was like right on the verge of like, going and beating the demon lord with like a bunch of these different npcs okay this is great uh so i felt like that worked pretty well in this instance but it might also be necessary for you to to quote get to the end of the world this is this is the thing that the flat earthers were telling us about people uh (laughs) if you are able to walk uh i think two thousand kilometers to the right what and eventually and like so for example you're running around in uh, afternoon stroll mode. Mm-hmm. You've befriended the demon lord, of course. Uh, so sure. the demon lord is now on your side, and you're like, "Well, I don't have any any end boss to fight, right?" Uh, uh, uh you keep strolling all the way to the right. Eventually, the darkness will attack, and that's another kind of like hidden mini boss in this game Ooh. That you can that you can fight. Um there's ways to kind of trigger that ahead of time that I think if you use like a holy weapon uh you can like throw the holy weapon into the darkness and start the boss fight there but you might be super under equipped for it um but like again the game kind of gives you no indication that this is happening mm-hmm. uh, yeah now
1: like the more you talk about this the more it feels like I didn't play like I I came in <laughs> as being like oh I feel like I got you know I've done most of the things that the game does and like i can yeah oh now you just you unlock more things you get little companions you play Mm -hmm. a little like I, i felt like i had gotten a good chunk of the game out i was like oh no did i not even did i is there another next level of thing like oh yeah you still
0: haven't started the real game well i mean like this game is interesting because It kind of does what it says on the tin, right? You, you go one direction and you fight monsters and like the tutorial mode is like, this is what you're going to get with this game. You walk to the right, you fight some monsters, you fight the boss. There you go. But yeah, there's no, there's no hook of like, oh, you've defeated me this time, but you haven't defeated my master question mark, question mark, question mark. And you're like, tell me more. Like, what is this other monster that I have to fight? Um, and there is stuff that, like, yeah, in, in like, the other difficulties, you can, you can keep progressing. But it feels like, I think, Colin, from what you've experienced, is probably, like, a good 95% of the gameplay experience.
1: Yeah, but even knowing that there's something more to accomplish, mm-hmm. like, drives, uh, like, just, oh, unlock all the characters, is, uh, I'm not, I'm not generally a completionist. In my games, like I don't, I'm not like I can play a game and be satisfied not having unlocked every character. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, I have not unlock the wizard. And like, eh, whatever. <laughs> like, I know what a wizard will do. It'll be like a, a you know, you'll just yeah, it'd be different, but not like different enough that it's a different game. Sure, but go two thousand like that. I thought the game was like, oh, you know, you're done between 400 and maybe 500 if you're like really running for a ways. Mm-hmm. like that's four times further than I thought the end of the game was.
0: yeah, and- which is like
1: okay, so this is a this is a, a thing that I should be trying to do. Yeah, like oh, that's interesting. That's like a I hadn't even really thought of that as a as a something a, a goal you might try to accomplish.
0: Yeah, the Force Knights need to bless the people who maintain the One Way Heroics Wiki because there's no way I think I would have ever found out about that if it wasn't for my deep scouring for 14 pages of research for for this week's episode. I have tried really hard not to look at the wikis for all the games we're playing. <laughs> I,
1: like I have a tendency, like if I if I, I I'm a, I'm a I'm all or nothing. I can't I I can't restrain myself once I start looking <laughs> at the wiki. I'll look at all of the things and right. I'll spoil
0: everything for me. So. Yeah, if it's any consolation, the wiki is a little uh, hard to navigate. I think so. You might not be spoiled on as many things as you think. Actually, it's probably fine. There's worse wikis out there. Well, it yeah. certainly certainly
2: you know taps into a uh, conversation that could be its maybe its own episode. Like, how do you how does like needing to rely on a game's wiki factor into like the overall quality of the game? Yeah. And uh, I mean, fortunately, we're living in an age where a lot of this information is readily available and can kind of shore up and make up for some of the shortcomings in, like, you know, UI and um, uh, conveyance of information to the player. So like, that's nice. But ideally, you know, one would be able to play any game uh that's decent you know if if they were stranded on a desert island without access to wikis a wiki list desert (laughs) island uh what a what a terrible place that would be um yeah that's uh that's interesting uh the the 2000 kilometer mark huh that's uh that's pretty nifty that's cool it reminds me of like ski free and like the yeti shows up and eats (laughs) you but in this case the actual like game mechanic of the wall comes and attacks you uh Good stuff. Good stuff.
0: And I guess to some extent, the the two thousand kilometer marker might be kind of justified to advance some like uh, recruitable NPCs storylines, because oh, I think cool. uh, like I got super excited because I had two of them in my party. I was like, okay, great. Like I think I have to have them in my party at the end of, if I beat the final boss, the Demon Lord final boss, uh, in order to get unlock their special uh epilogue. Uh, sequences and, and get those juicy Steam achievements that we're all so addicted to. <laughs> um, but I don't think I got them because you have to chat with them three times. In which and what that means is like, uh, uh, your your helpful fairy bud will say, "Hey, I think your your friend wants to talk. You should go talk to them." Menu, navigate, navigate, talk to uh, Panty the Merc. Let's say uh and you'll have a conversation with said fellow uh or one of your other NPC friends uh and they'll you know it'll advance their character motivations and and things like that and you'll learn a little bit more about them and also time the wall yes. will
1: advance every time you talk to them Whoa. so
0: that's also true. you do have to spend
1: a little bit of time and so you're not there are some disincentives
0: to talk and do that. that and once you've talked to them only well, then yeah <laughs> uh in some cases your your npc friend will turn into a uh an enemy uh dog or wolf and you have to repacify them in order what? to get them back into your party oh no uh there's yeah the, there's other stuff about uh some people just being composed of force armor uh interesting stuff that like is kind of let, that sort of dark soulsian surprise bit of like Mm. oh i'm you know i'm in colin's shoes i'm glad i didn't look at the wiki because this thing that organically popped up was very surprising uh it seems like those kind of recruitable npcs if if you keep them in your party long enough that sort of stuff will pop up and be and be fun and surprising that is neat to hear i definitely did not
2: encounter any of that (laughs) and did not get that far in the game i played for approximately eight hours um and uh, yeah, it's. I mean, hearing hearing these things certainly does, uh, to some extent, incentivize me to play more of the game, of which, just on average, I mean, I found to be the I found the the,
0: the standard gameplay loop to be fairly enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another like meta gamey thing about this that is sort of hinted at, but I don't think is explicitly spelled out, mm-hmm. is like you should you should go to different seeds and like farm well. Farm in the sense of, like, if you find good gear, yep. dump it into your, uh what's it called? The dimensional vault. Yes. You put it in the vault, and then you can pull that stuff out on other seeds. And it's, it's, it's not like you can pull it out every time. You can only pull it out once and use it for that run, which is another kind of interesting trade-off. But, you know, you're running, you're in a, a run, you come across some holy weapon or some, you know, boss level weapon. You're like, oh, this is great. I've just beaten the game, though. I guess maybe I should store this in my dimensional vault. And then if I'm going to be doing a run later and I want to fight the, the dragon on the other side of the darkness, oh, it's a good thing I stored that holy weapon in my vault. So there's kind of like this other metagame aspect of... Less less so of like the JRPG-style farming of like, oh, I got to grind my character up, but more of like, oh, someone on the Steam forums found this seed where this really like dope weapon is super early in the game, interesting type, type put mm-hmm. seed in, go to that place, get the weapon stored in the vault, and then you have it to fight the boss later. Ooh, uh, I, I hadn't thought of seemed- doing
2: that. I, I was consistently transferring like this one sword that I had like in between my runs. And unfortunately, I was not keeping an eye on the durability level. And so my epic awesome flaming sword like oh, no. shattered into pieces um at some point while I was like, I don't know, fighting a wild dog or something. So that was unfortunate. <laughs> but yeah, that was a very a very useful feature to be able to uh transfer your gear in between um in between runs. Uh very helpful, uh, pretty
0: pretty useful piece of medic progression for sure. How long did it take everyone to find where that durability meter was? Uh, it, it, It's just, it's next to the title of the item, right? So, so you got that almost instantly. Like, it took me forever to figure out that, like, item durability A was a thing, because mm-hmm. I thought, like, wasn't I just using a sword a minute ago? And then I was like, okay, there's durability in this game. Where the hell is it hiding? I have no idea. Ah. Uh, and I'm sure that, like, the fairy explained it to me at some point. I was just like, it's yeah, pretty teeny you know. tiny tiny. Keep keep advancing the text, but, uh, but yeah, it seems like th- there's you know, Andrew, as you were saying, there's like a little meter kind of next to the item's name, that unless, yeah, a meter which is like the
2: height <laughs> of a you know character, like a text character, so right? It's not it's that big, <laughs> that's for sure. And it was not uh...
1: super clear that it's a meter at first, right? it's indeed. like kind of weird. Like it's not like a a, a clear battery meter it's like colored and it like Ooh, i yeah, wasn't it, sure at first what that was if it was i a looked battery, at it yeah. noticed it and i was like i don't it, it's just like a quality thing i don't really know what it is i mean later i like well it must be the durability but
2: yeah, yeah it's uh is um not ideal i kept um uh, so the the meta progression like money that you get which is mm-hmm. uh um, well there's a couple but one of them is was it hero points so there
0: yeah i, I think remember that's like that correctly. yeah you're like your career uh
2: which you spend on unlocking perks and classes and building uh well no i'm sorry you use coins to build uh additions to the castle anyway um i had a few misadventures (laughs) with misspending my hero points like um i i didn't quite realize how expensive it was to repair items um like that will just sap your hero points very quickly Mm -hmm. or maybe it's based on like the the power level of this of the sword or the item because again that awesome righteous flaming sword of Demon Lord Vengeance or whatever, Demon Lord Smootingness um, was I, I kept repairing that and that would just like drain my account every time. And then I also like saved up a bunch of money because there's a, a category of things you can buy. It's like it's like unlock perks, unlock classes, um, unlock uh repair item. And then there was one expand your dimensional vault. And then there was one option that's like a special item. And this yeah, must be yeah. a translation issue. I'm like, "Item, oh cool, it must be an in-game item that is special and it's like a lot of money. Like, awesome, I'm going to save it for that and get that and that's going to like give me the, you know, the whatever uh hammer, hammered epic lightsaber mm-hmm, weapon." Mm-hmm. Um, but the special item was just the ability to view the game credits. <laughs> <laughs> Which well, you know, it gave me a good laugh. Um, uh, I should have read the description. I mean, it says it right there. Uh, I read the
1: description. And I was like, I don't really understand what this is, but it feels like it's something to do with like special credits, and I don't care that
0: much about special that.
2: Special credit, yeah. If you want extra credit on your
0: uh, one well, you uh, can road. you can see that the game was basically developed by by one guy. There's, I think, a, a little bit of of uh help with various assets and and things like that but i would say like 90 percent of this game is developed by by smoking wolf uh and you can see like all of the all of like the fun art that was involved i think like this game has a, like a very good presentation to it like sure. i feel like the uh the like the sprite work the animation like even like the very anime style like portraitures that you see throughout the game like they're all very well done like you know i know yeah. it's not it's not everyone's art style i'm like i'm kind of like eh, on on anime art styles in general but i think it's very well done here outside of like so, some of the cringy elements but you know that's uh you kind of get what you pay for with a uh, a five dollar solo dev japan anime jrpg roguelike game i suppose
2: yeah i mean for five bucks i think it's pretty good value um overall
0: but uh and
2: and will's not here so we can we can wax on about how great it is when a game is cheap (laughs) Uh, Uh, will Will doesn't go in for any of that tomfoolery he's like yo game's got to be good or not and i mean there's there's something to be said for that but um you know in this this society that we're living in so long as we're stuck in capitalism it is you know a factor when you're in in, you know imbibing when you're taking in entertainment is like well how much money did i have to fork out how many hero points did i have to pay for this game. And, uh, Hey, five bucks, even for the amount of time that, you know, I played the game, which is eight hours, like that's a pretty good, uh, ratio of cash to entertainment value. Um, yeah, I, as you said, you, you get what you're paid for, uh, to some extent with some of the, some of the, the shortcomings. And I mean, you know, when one person working on a game, it's understandable that there would be some, some hiccups with the, uh, usability and, and some of the issues that we've been we've been discussing with which are not insurmountable but they are a definite <laughs> inconvenience that's for sure mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah i think like maybe maybe one of the last points I'll, I'll bring up is like this game i think has kind of like a bamboozling ui at first but once you get it it's like okay like everything is here that i need it to do and it's not it's not a an insignificant challenge to kind of balance all those aspects uh the the uh if i could wish for a one way heroics 2 that wasn't the actual well the honorary sequel that was developed for this game um called mystery chronicle one way heroics uh that one less well received i think because like that game was trying to maybe maybe do too much I don't know there's like this game has like a certain amount of like whimsical charm in that you can only really find from some like from a solo dev who's just like cranking away in their basement for like 18 hours a day like it, mm-hmm. it has that that kind of um like it's, indescribable it's like a
1: it, it's like a small dessert yeah like I feel like that. that, that I, I I feel like we've played a, a couple of those games where I'm like, is this game the best game? No, but I had, you know, a, a decent time playing it. Uh, I don't know if adding more necessarily would make it more mm-hmm. for some of these, and I I don't know if that's necessarily true for this, but I I do feel like it, it has a little bit of that feeling where it's like it's a small self-contained adventure. Yeah, and adding more might just make it might bog it down
0: yeah totally yeah it definitely is like it it has everything that it needs to do maybe my my little teeny tiny nitpicks are like i wish i could just kind of like click and drag some of like the ui elements around the screen but you know again they don't get in the way really that much and a lot of the stuff sort of semi-transparent you can look through it but uh but yeah i think like if it just had that kind of narrative hook of like, you've beaten the demon lord, but have you? Uh to kind of like propel you to to keep fighting like the other other mini bosses and look into the other quests. That's that's kind of like the only dig I have against it, really.
2: Uh I, I tend to agree. Everything else um negative that I can think of is, is kind of a nitpick <laughs> and fairly minor.
0: Uh well that is probably a good segue time into our our ranking segment where each episode we try to do our our due diligence with numbers and stuff uh with the official cannot be debated uh rankings for where this game will permanently stand and we definitely will not adjust it later uh before our hey, eventual yes. ratings uh playoff session um maybe maybe I'll kick off first this game i think was was a surprising uh hit for me. Uh I bounced off it kind of hard at first a few months ago. And I was I was like, oh, like it's on sale. I'll pick it up for like this, like the base game plus the DLC is I don't know, like five or seven bucks. Super cheap. Uh and I was like, ah, I don't really, I don't really get it. And I think that was the problem, Colin, like what you were saying with like playing on the walk in the park difficulty is just it's too easy. You know, there's there's not enough variety and, and it, interest its there.
1: Too simple. Sure.
0: Yeah yeah um but yeah once once i had kind of crossed over into that path of like okay now i understand the ui elements i kind of understand the gameplay loop watched like one or two like clicking around like a couple let's plays just to see like how do people navigate these menus oh that's how i should do it um the light flipped on and i was like okay great now i know i have like this list of stuff i'm like okay i want to do this i want to do this so for me uh this is gonna drop in at my number 7th game out of the 32 that we've ranked thus far uh just ahead of griftlands and just behind monster train at first i was like could this game be better than monster train it's certain in my opinion it certainly looks a lot better uh but i think once you've once you've kind of unlocked everything in one way heroics i don't know that there's there's that like hook to like (laughs) then what right you know i've i've beaten the game by collecting everything or beating, you know, the the super final boss. Uh what do I do now? So I'm kind of I'm a little skeptical that there might be some uh some, you know, stuff to do in the end game, but uh generally I think in this kind of like meaty chunk that I'm in right now, it's it's ticking all those boxes. Like it you know, the music, like we still haven't even really talked about the music. Maybe I'll I'll talk more about that on the on the playout part, but like uh all of these like elements are coming together in a really nice package that I think is is well done. Doesn't overstay its welcome too much, uh, and yeah, it's kind of a, a good intro to roguelike systems for people who may not have much exposure to the genre. Here, 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 here. Speaking of checking boxes uh for for my ranking
2: like what what, what's the deal with this rpg tradition that's been going on for a while of like yo you either need the key to this treasure chest to this box you either need to lock pick it or if you try to break it open you're gonna break the stuff that's inside this idea that you can't break open a treasure chest without damaging the stuff inside, I think is a little overstated, is a little ridiculous. I do it every day with Amazon packages. I'm tearing those <laughs> things open. I grab the nearest, you know, club, the clearest two by four that I have with a nail stuck through it. And I just smash that box until I get it open. But... um Anyway, I'm trying to parlay this into a conversation about how, uh, hey, if if something ain't broke, don't fix it. This sort of takes the the very sort of basic essence of the JRPG gameplay loop and doesn't try to reinvent it, um, but just sort of like streamline it and make it faster. And I think that the game succeeds, in my personal opinion. Um, in distilling down a JP JRPG experience into something that's like fast and 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 satisfying and um replayable, also. And I think it does a pretty good job. Uh, at the end of the day, it's not exact, JRPGs aren't really my go to type of game. Um, but I will uh be ranking this above Eldritch. Um, but uh, let's see but not ahead of Binding of Isaac because, again, you know, I go <laughs> in generally for, like, sort of, like, faster arcadey type experiences, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, coming from a non-JRPG player, I can say that uh, I did enjoy this game quite a bit.
1: Um, all right. And I'm a blast. Uh, I'm going to put this... If this this game is at the peak for me. It is at the pinnacle, the exact middle, the top <laughs> of the bell curve, oh, it is seventeen out of thirty-two. It is in the exact middle of my rankings of these games. It is exact rating middle. I, I feel like it is, it is the medium game so far. Uh, it's uh, it, it passes the threshold of recommend. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it was interesting. I I feel like I might still be coming off of a little bit of the hangover of like. This game is a bad game because it's stupid and boring. And like, oh, there's more to it. Like, I basically only played the the real game last night, right? Because I had I had written it off. So there is a chance it could climb in my internal estimation in the future. Um, but I do think that at least that's a, like some of it, a, a knock against it is that it its meta progression is not particularly evident and there's not a huge drive through it to 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 get to that stuff um you have to search it out a little bit um and it does get more complexity in it later but it it can appear as a very simple package at first uh there's not a lot of deci- i like since will's not here i'll have to do some of his work for him <laughs> like the decisions that you're making during the game Seem pretty limited at first, um, and it does amp up over time. Mm-hmm. And as you get more things, I think there are more decisions to be made. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, it was like pretty fun, but like overall, not necessarily like the game that I'm looking
0: for, uh, to spend my time. Well, in our new similar games segment, uh, I, if... I was about to ask, you Yeah, know, what, do, what do you got?
2: Uh, oh, so Scott.
0: so there's so this kind of falls squarely into this. Like, you know, we, we've talked like, oh, this is our first foray into uh, like JRPG roguelike games. Turns out there's a lot of them, uh, and they go back to like 1993. Turns out, uh, so there's this whole series called the Mystery Dungeon series, of which there's uh, 11, there's like 29 games in total, 11 of mm-hmm. them are this Shiren the Wanderer series. That you can like go back to the SNES to play, uh, and then there's there's Pokemon, there's Pokemon roguelike games, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon series, going back oh, to 2005. Sure. Yeah, like like of base, right? right, right, right. Yeah, like imagine imagine uh, what we were doing in One Way Heroics, but with Pokemon. That's effectively did they, what did that it not game
1: make its way to America.
0: Uh, that's a great question. Uh, it yeah, I don't know why it hasn't kind of taken, taken at least like or let me rephrase. I guess. I don't really know why it hasn't kind of climbed onto our radar, but we're old men and you know, we, we, uh, maybe aren't the target audience for it. And I don't know if it's like switch exclusive or things like that. Um, but yeah, like I was, I was kind of surprised, like, wow, it goes back to like so far. And there's like, there's seven Pokemon games that are like this one way heroic style almost. Um, so a lot to check out there. Uh, there's there's a a big post uh on the JRPG subreddit by a person named Vash X Shanks uh that is just like I don't know ten or twenty pages worth of like you like RP JRPGs you like roguelikes? here here's all of them <laughs> basically <laughs> and like it's control F goldmine there uh other notable shoutouts I guess the uh, you know we we talked previously on Shattered Pixel Dungeon. This, I feel, One Way Heroics, I feel is like a good intro to Shattered Pixel Dungeon in a way. Like, if you're more of, like, your standard console gamer, you're like, this game was fun, but I think I'm looking for something deeper. One Way, or yeah. uh, Shattered Pixel Dungeon might be might be up your alley. Um, ah. a, a stay tuned and a half is Golden Crone Hotel, which is another solo dev effort. Started as a seven-day roguelike uh, game dev jam. Uh, and as a game about you being a vampire and like switching between human and vampire form and having to avoid like beams of sunlight in this castle, it's pretty mm-hmm. sweet. Um, and and yeah, so maybe, like I've got a bunch of other games on the list too, but those are all for sure. Stay tuned, uh, that'll pop up at some point. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think One Way Heroics is going to finally land on on our aggregate rankings here at our number ten out of thirty two uh because as we all know will is going to just inherit the average ranking uh (laughs) the the special bonus of not being here and uh getting his homework done for him uh no emails this week but if you would like to write into the show you can do so at grogpodzone at gmail.com you can uh see all of our all of our uh posts of other things on the interwebs at uh, grogpod at gamedev.place on Mastodon uh, with our website where you can find all this other stuff is grogpod.zone dot um, I think it's finally time for our next episode of finally doing our Cataclysm Dark Days Ahead. Oh, oh, oh. going back to it, we're going oh, back. Oh, oh. We're 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 approaching it with
1: the proper amount of caution and respect <laughs> and uh, <laughs> fear of the zombie.
0: Oh, there, yeah. Fear, I think, is is underlined and italicized uh, for this upcoming game. Um, yeah, that'll that'll be interesting. Uh, I've I've posted before about a developer interview that we did for or a few developer interviews that we did for Cataclysm. Uh, I'll post them again when we do that episode, which we for sure will do this time. We are not going to punt it off again yeah needed. i mean even if even if we didn't get a a, a lot of playtime
1: into it we'll still do it. it and and we'll just talk about how it was a hard game yeah to learn if that's if that's our takeaway if we if we try and do it twice and we can't do it then the <laughs> takeaway is it's a hard game to get into
2: but we've crossed the dwarf fortress rubicon like we should we should be able to do it we should be boys. able to do it and we hopefully won't encounter any of those darn carp those killer carp yeah we can um only and we can only hope. Uh, well, that's gonna be a heck of an episode. Uh, Will will probably be back. Hopefully, his work dinners <laughs> <is> will have finished <laughs> with the two weeks time. But who knows? Hey, this work
0: dinner could have been an email.
2: I think, um, rock I and think roll. If he, exciting times. he had
0: the uh, if Will had the option between a uh a ser- like three nights of actuarial dinners versus playing a game that's arguably more obtuse than Dwarf Fortress, I think he would probably go for the latter. Yeah. If- uh, but yeah, that's gonna wrap up our One Way Heroics uh, episode. Uh, I kind of hinted at it before, but the the music for this game is a very interesting collection of free uh, MIDI files from Japanese websites that the, <laughs> that the developer curated into its own soundtrack, which has uh gosh I don't know like I was I was listening to try to pick out the ones that I wanted for the uh, for the end credit rollout to this episode like god there's like 120 of them there's like like so many and they're all so good so <laughs> for for playing us out this week we're gonna get a special double feature we normally only play one but this time we're gonna uh play two back-to-back uh sounds that you will encounter in this game as long as you're not playing on the steam deck um which are first the tunes that greet you on your first adventure out into the prairies and then we'll fade into the climatic battle between our hero and the Dragon of Darkness in, in MIDI form. So keep that com- Night Company scroll ready at hand. We'll see you next time.